Welcome to God at Work, Stories of Grace and Faith. I'm your host, Chuck Groover. And, well, last time we started off this season with a look at the life of John Wesley. And we left off where in 1739 he separated himself from the Moravians due to the belief that they had fallen into heresy. And it was actually due to the split that Wesley eventually formed what was to become the Methodist Church, then known as the Methodist Society in England. <clears throat> From this point on, Wesley and the Methodists basically faced persecution from clergy and magistrates for a number of reasons, um, such as while Wesley was an ordained Anglican priest, Many of the other Methodist leaders weren't. And Wesley also flaunted many regulations of the Church of England regarding parish boundaries and who actually had the authority to preach. Uh, they were denounced as spreading strange doctrines and causing religious disturbances as blind fanatics, leading people astray, claiming miraculous gifts, attacking the clergy of the Church of England in trying to reestablish Catholicism. Wesley, on the other hand, felt that the Church failed to call sinners to repentance, that many of the clergy were corrupt, and that people were perishing in their sins. And thus, he was commissioned by God to bring about revival in the Church. Seeing that very, that the very few clergy that was working with him could not do the work that was needed, Wesley basically decided to approve local preachers who were not ordained by the Anglican Church. And it was this expansion of lay preachers that served as one of the keys to uh, the growth of Methodism. Uh, due to a lack of places of worship, Wesley actually began to provide chapels for his societies, and when the debt on a chapel became a burden, it became proposed that one out of every twelve members would take an offering from the other eleven. And this produced the Methodist class meeting system uh, around 1742. At first, Wesley would also visit each society regularly, and when the number of societies actually increased, a set of general rules for the United Societies were drawn up in 1743. Uh, it was pretty much at this point that Wesley actually started to lay the foundation of what is now the organization, or the organizational structure of the Methodist Church. As the number of Methodist preachers in preaching places increased, the need for doc doctrinal and administrative matters to be discussed arose, and in 1744, John, along with his brother Charles, and four other clergy and four lay preachers met for uh, consultation. This actually pretty much was the first Methodist conference, and pretty much set and became the ruling body for the Methodist movement. In 1748, following an illness, 
John was actually nursed back to health by a class leader and housekeeper at an orphan house in Newcastle by the name of Grace Murray. Uh, he ended up really taken with Grace and actually in 1749 invited her to travel with them to Ireland. And it was there that he believed them to actually be betrothed, but they never married. There's some speculation that his brother Charles was against uh, the engagement, but it's really unclear as to why uh, John and Grace never went further. Uh, as the societies multiplied, uh, and they adopted elements of an ecclesiastical system, the divide actually between the Church of England and Wesley actually started to grow. Uh, the question of division was urged by some of his preachers, but was opposed by some such as his brother, who, if you remember from last season when I talked about Charles Wesley, when he died, he proclaimed that he never left the Church of England. Uh, and just like his brother, John Wesley refused to leave the Church of England, believing that Anglicanism was basically closer to being scriptural than the other options that he saw around at the time. Uh, in 1784, pretty much no longer the uh, what was the Anglican Church in the U.S. was in a state of uncertainty uh, after the Revolutionary War and John being not being able to wait any longer for the Bishop of London to ordain someone for the American Methodists or even for the American Anglican Church really and this was basically because the Church of England was disestablished in the United States following the war uh, Wesley took his took matters into his own hands and appointed Thomas Cook as superintendent of the Methodists in the United States. And him, and along with a number of others who Wesley had appointed, pretty much formed what, was, what became the Methodist Episcopal Church. And I think from my notes, from what I researched, showed that Pretty much that's where both, at least in the U.S., the Methodist and the Episcopal Church, which is the, US ver which is the United States version of the Anglican Church, actually started to originate. Uh, his brother Charles was actually alarmed by these ordinations and actually begged John to stop before he actually burned bridges with the Church of England. To which John basically replied that he had not separated from the church, and he did not even intend to separate from the church, but that he must and would save as many souls as possible while he lived. And that meant making sure that there were basically Methodist preachers here in the state. 
towards the end of his life, his health actually started to decline, and he stopped preaching, and he actually wrote less than a year before his death, This day I enter into my 88th year. For above 86 years, I found none of the infirmities of old age. My eyes did not wax dim, neither was my natural strength abated. But last August, I found almost a sudden change. My eyes were so dim that no glasses would help me. My strength likewise now quite forsook me, and probably will not return in this world. Later on, on March 2nd of 1791, at the age of 87, John Wesley passed away, where basically some of his last words were to friends gathered around him as he lay dying. It was said that he basically grasped their hands and said, farewell, farewell, and then repeated later on twice, the best of all is God is with us. Due to his charitable nature, Wesley died poor, but left his life's work of 135,000 members, 541 Methodist preachers. And it was basically said, when John Wesley was carried to his grave, he left behind him a good library of books, a well-worn clergyman's gown, in the Methodist Church. So, that's a wrap-up of the life of John Wesley. Again, this is Chuck Groover, uh, and I'll have uh, a link to the references in the notes. There's it, it, a lot of the stuff goes a lot deeper than what this podcast would do, so I'd just ask you to go check it out if you're interested in learning more about John Wesley or even the Methodist Church. But again, this is Chuck Groover on John Wesley and the Methodists, and that's God at Work. God at Work, Stories of Grace and Faith, is brought to you by Becoming God's Man Ministries, and is written and produced by Charles Groover. If you have any questions, comments, or stories of how God has worked in your life that you would like to share, you can contact us at stories at godatworkpodcast.com or by leaving a voicemail or texting 727-315-0830. If you would like to support God at Work or Becoming God's Man Ministries, you can find out how by going to either godatworkpodcast.com or becominggodsman.com. Opening theme is Fine Line and closing theme is Airline, both by Geographer and obtained from the YouTube audio library. And as always, thank you for listening.